Hey, what's up? Welcome to Off the Seat and Path. Uh, I'm going to do this one a little different. And actually, this is a little more reminiscent of uh, the other podcast that I used to do called Seat and Calling, um, which the original sort of idea behind uh, this podcast was to find that balance between sports and music. One of the things that would always happen on the Dan Patrick Show is we would have a musician on and they would want to talk sports and uh, Dan would just want to talk music with them. And, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, we have an actor and Dan wants to talk movies and they want to talk sports. And so sometimes they would say like, hey, next time on, you know, I'm a big Dodgers fan. Let's uh, talk about this. So uh, I know that there are a lot of musicians out there that are um, huge sports fans and they're not often given the platform to talk sports. So uh, when I saw that the Toronto Raptors, obviously they're in the finals. Uh, it took a little bit, but uh, I caught up with uh, Steve Sledkowski from the band Pup. Um, if you're not familiar with them, they're really great uh, from the Toronto area. Uh, punk rock band. Uh, they get a lot of love on Twitter. People are always asking me about that band and saying that we should play more Pup on the DP show. Uh, but Steve is a really nice guy. I met him a few years ago um, in Asbury Park, and uh, he was really the first guy that came to mind, uh, believe it or not, before Drake. True story. I was like, no, I'm not going to. I could have called for Drizzy, um, but we decided to go with Pup instead. And uh, Steve is a a really thoughtful guy, really nice guy, uh, and uh, really, really interesting. So check out this interview with him, uh, and uh, thanks a lot for listening. So, uh, you know, Raptors fans are getting a little roughed up today. um, Based off of the the Durant injury. Um, what, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, it, it happened, and I think, um, I think those people, probably given the opportunity, would uh, hopefully reconsider their behavior. Um, I do think, you know, there there are a couple of of sort of nuances that that kind of you need to add in. Like, they're in the moment, certainly KD going down. Um, even watching it on TV, I didn't see, you know, you saw, you kind of saw that he went down, but part of the excitement was it looked like a Baca caused a turnover mm-hmm. initially. Um, so I think there was some confusion and some excitement, but regardless, you know, I don't think that the players would do something like that, like Kyle Lowry and Ibaka kind of quieting down the crowd if they didn't uh, clearly hear something wrong. Um, I think it's it's kind of behavior. I don't think it defines the fan base. I think there are a lot of, excuse me, a lot of Raptors fans who who really um, care about the game of basketball and and understand why an injury like that to a person like KD is is significant, not just for the outcome of this series, excuse me, the outcome of this series, but like the actual health of the game. You know, this is one of the best basketball players on the planet regardless of, of who he plays for. And, and, you know, um, yeah, I just, I, I just think it was a really, uh, it was, it was a bummer. Like it was really, uh, it was, it was terrible to watch. I feel really bad that he had to go out there and, and, and play when it was mm-hmm. clear that he was not a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and, and then the fact that the fans thought that, that it was, a <laughs> uh, an appropriate thing to do was was kind of a bummer. I think that I, I feel like the story's being a little overplayed, a little bit. The the criticism yeah. of, on Raptors fans is is a little harsh. I mean, you 
it it was a natural reaction to see him go down. Like you said, I did it at home watching her. I was like, whoa, he just went down. What happened? And I think when, you know, tens of thousands of people do that collectively, you know, it yeah. sounds like cheering. Um, there were a few fans, like there, there's this one guy that you could see in, in one camera angle. He's uh, sort of on the baseline in a Raptors jersey, and he's waving goodbye to Kevin Durant. Yeah. And that guy has sort of become the poster child of yeah. of Raptors fans cheering. Which I don't, I don't like that one guy. I bet that in the moment, you know, he did that, and then maybe five minutes later, when he checked Twitter and he realized everybody was calling him an, ass, he probably regretted his decisions. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think that those actions define the fan base, and no. I think a. Uh, I think the vast majority of people kind of understand that. Um, you know, there's been some pretty good writing from uh, uh, from some Toronto-based writers that's come out this afternoon. Um, you know, people like Alex Wong and, and Eric Kareen and um, just kind of, you know, giving kind of a timeline of events and saying, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, that this might be the kind of thing that, you know, defines the fan base just in the short term, um, whether, you know, you think that's fair or not. I, I personally agree with you. I don't think it, it is uh, super fair. It's, it is one of the most passionate and, and amazing fan bases in the entire sport. Um, but, you know, in a way, in a way, I kind of am like, okay with the fact that they didn't win. Cause I still think that the Raptors are going to win the series. Uh, and I kind of think there's like a poetry to Kawhi Leonard, uh, if, if they're able to, uh, to win in game six, Kawhi Leonard coming into Oracle, you know, a place where he, his career was almost derailed. Yeah. Um, and, and getting the job done. I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited, man. I think KD stuff, notwithstanding yesterday, you know, that's a different game. If, if, you know, KD doesn't play the way, uh, you know, it kind of looks like he shouldn't have played. But, right, right. Um, you know, I, I still feel, in terms of the actual team and how they've been playing, I feel pretty confident, man. So you feel good head. I, I think that you know it feels like there's a big difference between heading into Game Six and then heading into Game Seven. Um, yeah. And I, I like the Raptors' chances a lot better in Game Six than I do in Game Seven, despite you know home court or or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's they got to beat. The Raptors look like a pretty difficult team to beat three times in a row. Yeah, and uh, I think maybe at the beginning of the of the series we would have said that about the Warriors, uh, and you know, and, and but uh, the Raptors beat the Bucks four in a row, and and you know this, this is a good basketball team, regardless yeah. of whether or not Golden State is injured. I mean, Kyle Lowry's playing with torn ligaments in his thumb, from what it seems to. Uh, have been reported, you know, Kawhi clearly is not a hundred percent. Injuries happen. It's a part of the game. And, 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 you know, Stephen Clay looked all right and, and Draymond looked all right. So it's not as though the Warriors are playing with no all-stars. Yeah. <laughs> they have four all-stars <laughs> out there. So, you know, it was um, so interesting in the first quarter too, to watch there. I mean, y- you kind of forgot because Kevin Durant has been out for a little while. Just what a tidal wave of offense they are. Especially from three, yeah. where if it's not, you know, if it's not Clay, it's Steph, or it's KD, or then even Draymond's getting in on it, where it's like, dang, dude, some, you know, Cook comes off the bench and he's hitting them. You know, it's just this unbelievable avalanche of offense that's so tough to keep up with. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and yet the Raptors were right there. It was yeah. what, like a four point, six point game after the, after the first quarter. Like, right. you know, that they, they, they've been hanging around. The Raptors, like since, you know, adding Marcus Saul has really kind of changed that team. And and Nick Nurse being more than willing as a coach to, a you know trust his players in in situations. You know, there have been, you know, moments where Kyle Lowry in the series has played with four or five fouls. Um, and and been out there to to you know make a difference in the game still and and I don't know man the the Raptors are just playing such a, an amazing brand of team basketball you know someone like Fred Van Vliet yeah who comes in and and puts a different body on Steph Curry and and kind of kind of you know with Steph Curry a, a little bit and has made his life kind of difficult like who'd have thought that an undrafted bench player would be one of the guys to kind of as much as possible to kind of like give Steph Curry fit. Yeah. To frustrate a superstar like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man, the Raptors are good. They're deep and they're tough and they're just like, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a team play defense against the Warriors this way. And there's something nice about being the underdog, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's where Raptors fans really thrive too. <laughs> we're, we're we're really good at being the underdog. Yeah, they get a little tired of the rebuilding eras, you know. Yeah. Yeah. How um, how important is? Do you think that this is more important for the city of Toronto, or I mean, it feels like you guys have Canada, you know, the entire country on your backs here, which is which is pretty nice to watch. Yeah, yeah I think um, I think certainly. Uh, in terms of it, I think the Raptors, um, they maybe lag a little bit behind the Blue Jays in terms of a, a, a where they stand on the national sort of scene. But uh, but I really do feel like this is the, the, the team that's most representative of, of kind of Canada. And, and, and it feels like the, the, the actual national team, you know, I think with the attention that that Jurassic Park and and you know the, the Jurassic Parks that have kind of popped up in in the rest of the the rest of the country, um, and just the you know I don't know there's something captivating about about a team that kind of goes on an unexpected run like this like it is some of that underdog thing, um, and yeah you know I, I think just the the where basketball is in popular culture has probably never been it's never been bigger in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really does feel like this is kind of the, it certainly feels a little bit like the tides are turning um, toward basketball kind of being, you know, a, a national concern. The Canada basketball is really strong. You know, they're turning out uh, some of the best young draft picks coming out of the college system are, are Canadians too, right? It's like, it's really growing at kind yeah. of a, an institutional level um in a way that say you know baseball has never really been able because of the weather or whatever else like you know there just aren't as many canadian baseball players i would say as as there are kind of basketball players starting to to come to prominence um you know but that, that notwithstanding i think too like for the city itself there's kind of a whole other element there of of you know 
the team hasn't had, there's rather the city hasn't had like a championship team in the big four American sports. Um, you know, I, I would count, uh, MLS just a little bit outside of there. Although, yeah. uh, it, it certainly is growing. Um, and, you know, TFC won a couple of years ago, but, but in terms of, you know, we have three of the four major sports here. Um, and certainly the Leafs haven't won for a while and the Jays had, you know, a, a, a short run, but, but I, I do think like the impetus to, to kind of show up and do, do more as like sports organizations has been, has been defined and kind of led by, by the Raptors and, and this like period of, of relevance that is, is unprecedented in, in even, you know, even when Vince Carter was around, they weren't making the playoffs Yeah, and, and going deep into the playoffs uh, or as deep as LeBron, you know, wherever LeBron would, was, was where we usually finished. <laughs> but, um, but like they haven't, the Raptors have sort of led that kind of reemergence of Toronto sports teams as relevant again. So if you're talking Toronto sports teams though, and th- there might be some, there might be, you know, maybe some recency bias here, but would you rather have the Raptors win or, or the Maple Leafs? I mean, you, you're talking to a guy who, who played basketball, baseball, and volleyball growing up? I never yeah. played hockey. I can't really skate. So, like, as a that as feels a, so punk rock to not play hockey yeah, in right. Canada. <laughs> like, that's truly rebellious, right there. Yeah. Um, so no, this this to me, this is bigger. Yeah, absolutely. Having the you know, um, you know, I, I think a lot of there's the the certainly the uh, the prevailing attitude that Toronto is a hockey town, and I don't. Um, I think it's a basketball town too, um, and I think both of the fan bases are uh, multicultural. I think the Raptors—it's a little bit more um, obvious and, and 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 more widespread because um, they draw a lot from kind of the outer suburbs of the city, um, where you know there tend to be a lot of like new Canadian and, and immigrant families, um, but. I, I just think that the, the city, there's something about the Raptors that just feels like what Toronto is. And it feels way more representative of Toronto than any other team. Um, and to have them kind of bring the city, its hopefully bring the city its first championship um, in quite some time, you know, would be, uh, would be really, really special. One of the things that I love that happens um, with like superstar athletes, certainly of uh, like a LeBron or certainly of Kawhi, is when you start getting the reports, um, and they're usually more rumors, but they take over Twitter like wildfire where uh, it's uh, someone's, uh, I saw LeBron's wife was looking at schools in Philadelphia. He's going to the Sixers. Or the one that we just had was uh, Kawhi uh, bought property in Toronto, so he's staying. He's yeah. going to do it. He's going to sign. Yeah. Uh, those things, I think those are hilarious. Yeah, they're they're fun, you know, and I think people, like, certainly some of that, like, underdog uh, mentality that kind of permeates um, uh, Raptors and, 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 to a lesser extent, Blue Jays fandom. Um, and any, any sort of uh, hope that, that we can kind of read the tea leaves and see what that means for uh, a pending free agent superstar like like Kawhi. I think people are always going to kind of uh, be stoked on it. But um, 
Man, you know, I don't think – I think one way or another, I personally think he, he will be staying. Um, mm-hmm. So, Kawhi, if you're listening to this, like, we're good, man. Um, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, regardless, I don't think – it's, it's the kind of trade and the kind of risk you take 10 out of 10 times. I mean, even and if I he left, even if he didn't know. sign, you, I mean, you're still – you still take this – you sign up for this season every time. Exactly right. I, I totally agree, um, and and I think it really just has like captivated the fan base, and and to, to frankly, like yeah, it has also you know captured uh, Canada, and and I think a lot of the NBA. I think a lot of the you know I've I've talked to some friends in in California and 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 um, kind of all all over who this is their first real experience of the Raptors fan base. Um, and, you know, prior to last night, that that was a fan base that was, you know, staying in Oracle Arena until the last minute to sing the national anthem at the end of the game. And, you know, that were just, like, traveling really, really well and, and, and you know, being a really, like, positive and, and like, uh, amazing group of ambassadors for the city and for the team. Um, and I think that still remains true. And I think it, it, it kind of... It sort of just feels like it had to be this way. Like it feels like a very um, Raptors run <laughs> to the finals. You know, yeah. this is exactly what I would what I would hope um, from the team. This sort of like magical, insane. You know, take 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 an insane risk, but here's an insane payoff. Especially like you said, to go through Milwaukee, uh, who everybody loved. This is pretty great. That's pretty special too. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean. Uh, I was at Game Six. You know, it was awesome. Oh, cool! That must have been fun. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. So you're in Pup, right? You play guitar. Um, I do, yeah. Uh, and you guys are—I know—you're just about to head out on tour, uh, and we mm-hmm. can get the tour dates. You know, pupptheband.com, right? Is your website? Yeah. Yep. Pupptheband.com. Um, There's the old tour tab there. How uh, how difficult is it to watch sports on tour? Because you're usually oh. my guess would be that you're hitting the stage. Usually, when there's a game going on, it it really would depend. Uh, it depends on the day, and, and depends on where we are. You know, sometimes um, it was conflicting a little bit, say for the uh, Eastern Conference Final because they were starting a little bit later. Um, and you know, Game Four of the Finals at Oracle, we were on stage in Toronto, and. Uh, and, you know, came off stage just as the third quarter was ending. Um, so, you know, there's been a little bit of that, but but generally actually what it's the most tough is when we're overseas. Yeah. Because um, usually what ends up happening is I'm kind of up until 3 or 4 in the morning. <laughs> um, I was like that for the Orlando series, you know. Um, and, uh, but yeah, otherwise it's, it's generally been, uh, it's been okay. I've usually been able to get most, if not all, of a game either before or after going on stage. Um, you know, and I wear a Raptors jersey on stage, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are a lot of fans who at shows kind of come up and are appreciative of of my love for basketball and just want to talk about basketball or, or talk about sports, you know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, fun, it's a fun way to kind of connect with people and, and, and just sort of stay connected to home as well, you know. And, sure. Yeah. It's so important when you're on the road. It is, yeah. And, uh and you know, sports has has a very, um, a very like 
unique way of, of kind of drawing people together. Um, and, and I think that's cool. I think as long as it's done in a positive way and, and, you know, you, you do, there is a lot of behavior about sports fandom that's kind of ugly and, and that I think can be unlearned and is like sort of at odds with the, um, even, you know, for the NBA, like the progressive politics of the sport. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's another thing too, is like, I think I can cheer for a team and not be an and I hope, I hope most people, again, not to, to bring it back to this, but I hope most people know that that most Raptors fans are not like that. And I think most fan bases are not like that. Yeah, that, that um, is, that is a thing that comes up from time to time. It's that, um, where we're sort of blurring the lines, especially what happened with Kyle Lowry um, and the yeah. that owner. You know, that sort of the lines between uh, fan interaction and the players, and that that sort of it's it's a bit of a gray area, you know. And uh, you see Russell Westbrook; he always had it with you know cell phones right in his face, and that I, I get it. Yeah. That would that would bother me too, you know. Um, yeah. Especially because there's a certain aggression, uh, well, not aggression, but competitiveness with sports that can lead to a certain aggression, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it definitely can encourage some pretty, uh, toxic and kind of behavior. Um, but I think, I think again, I think that for as much as it does get the publicity, um, I think generally speaking, most people are not, they're just like so excited to be there and to be seeing, you know, their favorite athletes in person that, that, that kind of, becomes the focus and, and, and it's too bad that, you know, in these situations, a couple of, um, well, I mean, look, if you can afford to sit courtside or, or courtside right. enough that the TV camera picks up what you're doing, uh, you know, it, it, you don't want a couple of rich to define the narratives around a fan base <laughs> right. one way or the other. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and I, and it's just unfortunately sometimes we just paint with those broad brushes, uh, you know, which which isn't very fair. But um, that's kind of part of the age that we're living in. I don't know. Maybe it's always been that way. Um, but there's just seems to be so much more access and cameras and everything, and you, it's so easy to react to something and have a couple million people see it. Yeah, it's true. I, uh, I uh, certainly everyone having a camera uh, complicates things and and maybe can take things blown out of proportion but you know i'm sure there've always been yankees and red sox fans fighting <laughs> yeah. each other you know what i mean oh yeah oh dude go to a jets game uh not to start <laughs> calling out fan bases but that's uh oh my gosh that yeah it's i've seen things there and it's yeah it's interesting um yeah i mean it's uh it's 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 interesting it's it's uh the the sociology of it is is fascinating for sure. Do you get to uh, it, do you get to go to other like sort of sporting events be, when you're on tour and if you have an off day or something? Are there any you know if you're in Chicago, do you try and catch a game at Wrigley and and those kinds of things? Yeah, 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 definitely. That's something that I think is a great way to just sort of um, relax and and kind of see a different part of a city. Um, yeah, you know, uh, speaking of Chicago, I, I actually was just at Wrigley. Uh, while we were there uh, on tour and, and, you know, saw the Phillies in Philadelphia on a day off. Um, we saw some minor league baseball, you know, a couple of years ago, I got to see the Raptors in Denver, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Whenever it, whenever it works out and whenever there's a uh, time and, and an opportunity, uh, yeah, we, we, we definitely try and just have 
those sorts of experiences. Have you guys thrown out a first pitch? No, never. Not oh, yet. dude, we um, got to do that. That would be awesome. I know it would, it would be pretty cool. Um, I would be I, I would be worried that I would get the yips. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, <laughs> but, uh, but I'd be willing. I'd be. I'd certainly be willing to do it. Um, uh, but you know, it's just cool. It's cool to to be a spectator in in those situations too. You know, I as much enjoy just hanging out and you know eating whatever weird food is in the arena or the of the <laughs> field and. And just hanging out, you know, buying a, a hat or a, a t-shirt or something, and, and just trying to uh, be a be a root for the home team, as it were. It's <laughs> it's funny uh, that you like, I mean, doing what you do, being on stage, but when the stage shifts slightly to another arena, how much more intimidating it is, you know? Uh, like, if yeah, you, you have a pitcher who uh, can get out there and do that for a living, but then if you put him you know, in an arena and you're like, all right, dude, just like keep time on this or, you know, yeah. ring out an E chord here or play along with this song. It's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, it's funny how that kind of, um, when it's sort of out of the comfort zone, it, uh, it completely changes things. I see sometimes, uh, on Instagram or something like that, that people, I follow lots of musicians and about a month before a tour or so, you'd say all of a sudden like workouts pick up or people are starting to try to get themselves in tour shape, just, you know, physically, mentally, all of that. And so I I would imagine that's part of, uh, you know, when you're going through the album cycle here, like you guys have a new album out, Morbid Stuff. It came out uh, a few months back, um, but that you're yeah, going through that, um, you're going through that album cycle and you know that that tour is coming up. Yeah, there must be a certain type of tr- training regimen. Uh, Definitely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I take uh, I, I take a lot of supplements. I try and um, I try and get on a good. Just try and eat a little better at home, and and you know, maximize the time that I'm I'm cooking in my kitchen rather than ordering takeout. Because when yeah. we're on the road, you know, I'm eating a lot of takeout, and I try and eat better. I'm not eating McDonald's all the time, but like. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, and just like trying to, you know, I have a skipping rope and, and, you know, try and do some like push ups or whatever when I can. I should, you know, <laughs> like all of us, I think I could probably do better in going to the gym. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, whatever, whatever you can do to, to allow your body and, and your mind to kind of, be in good habits and, 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 you know, be kind of keeping an eye just on, on yourself and, and what you consume and how you're living and making sure you get good sleep and just kind of, um, not feeling guilty about taking time is a, is a big thing too. You know, that's just like trying to find, that's been the biggest, uh, I had a, I studied music in school and I had a professor, um, who said something to me that, that, at the time didn't really make a lot of sense, but the more I think about it now, um, the more it's sort of like, like has impacted the way I kind of approach things. You know, he said one time, like, well, if you want to actually do it and you want to go out there and be a professional musician, like it's not, don't worry about performing. You know, he's like, you already know how to play. You already know how all those skills, that's what you came to school to do. Mm -hmm. The tough thing is, figuring out everything else and and i didn't really know what that meant 
until we started to do it and I started to kind of realize it's like, oh, it, you know, that means like, make sure you're having a salad. I went, you know, I went to find out what supplements would be best for when we're on the road and, and how to kind of help, help my body out. And, and, oh, there's like an emotional tool on, on, you know, relationships and friendships and family and loved ones that, that touring exacerbates and, and, you know, all, all kinds of things that in order to, to kind of have that success, you need to figure out ways personally that, that kind of allow you to still maintain positive, um, a positive outlook on, on all those things and, and allow you to kind of still value those things and, and really recognize that they're important while also kind of making this, this commitment to, uh, to a lifestyle. Um, you know, and I, and I think that it's very similar to, to what it seems like a lot of professional athletes go, go through and, and anyone who's like deeply, deeply committed to something that started as a passion and then became a, a career, um, I think goes through that. Well, you know, it's interesting listening to you talk, um, because there seems to be through the album uh, a, a bit of a theme of, of sort of finding humor in dark moments, if that makes sense. Uh, and totally. It, it, so uh, I th- it's interesting to hear you talk about, again, we keep going back to balance, um, but that's sort of uh, what it is, right? You can't get too low, you can't get too high. Yeah, and I think for us too, like, we take the band very seriously, but we don't, we're not a very self-serious group of guys. Right. Yep. And, and I think, you know, as much as Stefan, as the lyricist, um, is dealing, dealing with a lot, uh, on that record and, 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 you know, just generally, um, he is also like, he wants to write in a way that's true to himself. And the truth of him is, you know, he's very much about confronting whatever's going on and, tackling it head on and also like, you know, probing those emotions and probing those feelings and, and probing those, those kind of dark corners of, of himself and having a laugh about it, you know, like yeah. that's just sort of very much, that's very much who we are. Um, and, and I think that is, you know, it's, it's juxtaposition, it's balance, it's, uh, it's yin and yang, whatever the case may be like that, that to me that's the kind of that's the kind of record that I would want to hear, uh, you know. And 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 I think there's a place in the world for for music that is dark and 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 deeply emotional and and, and commands very serious consideration. But for us, like we want people to be able to have a cathartic experience and 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 have a good time while doing it. Um, and I think we make music that sort of re- reflects that belief. Well, uh, like you said, Morbid Stuff is in stores now, and uh, hit up the website for your tour dates. You guys are just in a couple of weeks here heading out. Yeah, we'll be out on the on the West Coast, um, kind of in, in, in the mountains and, and on the West Coast uh, for the next couple of weeks, and then we'll be in Europe, and we're back. We're all over the place, but uh, you can find the dates on the website. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, Steve, thanks a ton, man. I really appreciate it, and uh, I wish that we could find a way to sign uh, Vince Carter for one more game so he could pick up a ring because it's oh, just that's man. the only thing that would truly complete it for me because I absolutely I love that man. He uh, He's half man, half amazing. That's the truth. Um, uh, well, thank you, man, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll see you down the line sometime. Yeah, all right, man. Good luck to you. Okay. Thanks, Steve. Care. Bye. 
There you go. Uh, Steve, thanks again, dude. Um, Steve from the band Pup, he plays guitar. They're heading out on tour now, as we said. Check out their website. Uh, check out all of their albums. Their latest album is really, really great. Uh, morbid stuff. You definitely want to add that into the playlist. And uh, if you can, please do me a favor. Uh, subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review in uh, whatever, wherever you get this, whether it's Google Play or iTunes. That kind of thing really helps uh, more people get to see the podcast. But thanks again for sticking with us and uh, giving us a listen. And we'll be back next week.